How many of you are ready for the Word of God? So I'm going to give you some teachings that uh, just going to supplement, I'm sure, what your pastor's doing, and I know he's just an extraordinary teacher, so you get a lot of good teaching. But what I've found, when you go into a ministry that is strong in that area, you just, you flow right with it. And so it's, uh, it's good to be in a place where you appreciate the teaching of the Word. And uh, so I'm going to just hit some high spots here of some things that I've been studying, and I think it's going to bless you. How many of you believe you can be blessed this morning? Would you stand with me one more time? And I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit who's here in this place to help me teach the Word of God accurately and boldly as I ought to speak it and give the people ears to hear what the Spirit has for them today. Let them be edified and strengthened, answer questions, meet needs, cause them to hear the Word that will set them free and take them to the next level in their lives. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. And we give you all the praise and glory for what you're doing in our lives and in this church, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You could be seated. And I've been on, because of, uh, because of Andrew and his Gospel Truth Network, uh, he invited me to be on that channel uh, four years ago. And he, he called and said, I've got a, I'm going to start this channel and I want you to be on it. And when Andrew Womack calls and asks you to be on TV, you just say yes. <laughs> I didn't know what all that meant, but it, it has been a journey for me. And I've literally gone back through all of my teaching for 40 years that I've compiled and redone it, reorganized it, restudied it, remeditated it, taught it out. We've put it in video, and all of it's in audio. Most of it's in video, and now we're starting to put it into print. And it's just, it's, it's not the greatest, it's not the best, it's not something you never heard before, but it's mine. It's, it's the things that God has shared with me. And what became clear to me is I'm a steward and I have to be faithful with what he's given me. So I have silly stories and, you know, my own illustrations and things and revelations that God's given me. And, and to, to get it out, we've at least seen at this point that some people do relate to it. <laughs> I'm, I, some people are actually down on my level, <laughs> and, and they receive that. And so uh, it, it's very interesting. You'll, you'll find this interesting, I think. As I taught through, I started with redemption. That's very close to my heart, and I've got a lot of teaching on that. And then I moved on to spiritual development, growing up in God and that kind of thing. But, but I, I, last year, I got to the place where I wanted to teach faith, and it was time to do some faith teaching. And I looked at my notes and realized I've been teaching around and about faith for all these years. I went to Rama. That ought to give me some credibility. I mean, I graduated. I didn't just go. I actually got a, a, a you know, a, a diploma. And uh, so, but, but I didn't have really extensive notes on the subject of faith. And I just dove in about March of, of last year, 2020, when all the craziness hit. And I spent the entire year, at least 12 months, just uh, immersed in the subject of faith and restudied everything, re-listened to everything, reread all these books and compiled this mountain of information. And I'll tell you, it has blessed me. There's something to that faith message. <laughs> and, and I'm going to share some things about that with you. But uh, I realized, you know, Rick, we've got to introduce faith to a whole new generation. There are so many people out there that don't know who Kenneth Hagin is. 
and then there's people that don't know who Andrew Womack is. And yet the, the material is so powerful and it's so life-changing and it's not limited to Kenneth Hagin. You, you can go back generations before him and men and women were teaching the subject of faith. It's in books, it's, it's been recorded and, and it's good, solid faith teaching. Same thing we teach today. However, what I've noticed is every generation wants to have teachers in their generation. You don't want to go read theology from Martin Luther. I mean, you can, but most people are just not. If I told you, hey, go buy a book Martin Luther wrote 300 years ago, you're going to love it. It is powerful. It's a classic. Most people won't do that, but they'll buy my book. and It's sitting right back there on the table. They'll buy those by the droves, and I'm not Martin Luther, but I'm here. I'm alive. I've gone through this madness with you. That's one of the problems I have. If I could put a, something in the suggestion box of heaven, I would love to commute to work, you know, live in heaven nights and weekends, and then just preach to you during, for my day job. Wouldn't that be nice? And then take vacations in heaven and then be back and be ready to go. But, you know, we live through this stuff together, and every generation needs to hear the message taught by a contemporary in their language, people who've dealt with the same things. And so when I, as, as I've looked at faith, it's so powerful, it's so useful, it's so helpful. You know, grace is what God did, and he doesn't need any help with that. He did a good job. Faith is our response. And if there's going to be a breakdown somewhere between grace and faith, it's going to be on our side. If there's something that's going to need to be improved or some key that needs to be included in our, in our interaction with God, it's always going to be on our end. And faith is what we bring to the table. And so the principles of faith are valuable and important. So as I studied faith, I was able to break it down into three main categories, and that is this. How faith comes, what faith is, how to release your faith. And we've got tons of teaching just trying to answer those three questions. And if you would really thoroughly answer those three questions, you'll have a much better understanding of faith and how it works and how it operates. I added one more category to that, which is kind of how my mind thinks, and it's, it's this. Why is faith so important? Why? Why? And that's what I want to talk about uh, today. Hebrews 11.6 says that it's impossible to please. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, I, I'm not going to argue with that. That's the Bible. It, it, it's true. And so there's no arguing. But, but I, I would like to know why. What is so impressive to God about faith? I would think that maybe great acts of heroism or bravery would please God. And, and, and then obviously they do. But he specifically says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. God likes faith. God responds to faith. He values faith. In fact, when Jesus went through the world uh, in his ministry for three and a half years, you find reference after reference after reference to faith. And people's, when he looked at people, he was constantly commenting on their faith. He was a little different than most people. He didn't say, nice hair, or have you lost weight? He said, where's your faith? Or that's faith. 
Or you got faith. That's great faith. That's such great faith. Why didn't you use your faith? Where is your faith? And when we interact with people, we hardly ever bring that up. You know, with our, in our world, you, you can't really w walk by faith in the natural world. It's trust but verify. How many of you know? It's like if you're going to show up for work, I don't want you to show up by faith. I want you to be there. <laughs> well, brother, I was there in spirit. No, I'm, I'm going to pay you in spirit. Then. We'll just do a spiritual thing and I'll go find a real employee. So in the natural world, we don't really operate by faith. But, in the, but when you start to interact with God who is invisible... It's all faith. From step one, it's an act of faith. It's a journey of faith. It's a fight of faith. It's a life of faith. There's faith to get in and faith to go on. And then we go from faith to faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And, and so when we start interacting with God, it's all by faith. So we better get good at this. Or we're going to miss out on some things. And we're going to think we're doing right. But if we're not believing, if we're not really walking in faith in areas of our life, we could be missing out on things. As a preacher, I wish, I, I wish we didn't even have to do faith. I wish we didn't have to talk about it. I wish, because it, one of the hardest things we do is try to get people to believe that God meant what he said. I could take a room of 500 people that don't know anything and I could say, God wants to prosper you. And 499 of them would say, yes, but. Why can't you be like a Methodist? I was Methodist. I just said, okay. It makes life a lot easier. But as a preacher, if God would just show up, you know, think about my job, how much easier it would be if I said, folks, I want you to meet Jesus. Poof, and there he is. Get to know him, shake hands, and I'll be back to give you the altar call at the end. You, you could just interact with God, and he, you could see him. You could ask him questions. But I stand up here and talk to you about a God you can't see. You can't hear him. In the natural, you, you, there's really no natural evidence that there is a God. And yet we talk about him, and we believe, we receive from him, and we accept him to protect us, provide for us, to save us, to forgive us. We all, and it's all by faith. And then some have, com have chosen to completely punt on the issue, and they say, well, you just never know what God's going to do. You just never know. Somebody dies, well, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. We're not going to question God. And that would make things a lot simpler, too. Just blame everything on God, and we'd be off the hook. But when you understand that faith is how we relate to God, and it's how we receive from God, and understand this. You're going to receive from God as much as you believe for. Nothing more and nothing less. Then it becomes really important. So as I studied faith through this lockdown pandemic, whatever you want to call it, I realized more than anything else, I realized this. When things are going good, you can really coast when it comes to faith. And you can think you're in faith because you agree with all the teaching. But when times get tough, you find out where you're really believing God and where you're not believing God. And it became very clear to me that we need a faith checkup. We need to get our faith engaged and make sure that we 
as believers are walking by faith, we're living by faith, we're fighting the good fight of faith, we're standing on the word of God in every area of life. And I am so thankful we have that option. I feel sorry for the world that has to wait for the media to tell them whether they can be happy and relieved or not. Aren't you? That They have to wait for the media to tell them if everything's okay or not. I don't need somebody to tell me what the Bible's already told me. Why? I have faith in God. I have a God. There's a God in heaven, and he gave me his will. I don't have to find out from someone else what God wants or what God said or what God's going to do for me. And can I just throw this in? I don't need a prophet to tell me that everything's going to be all right. I got the Bible. That's just me. Don't get me started. I don't need another person, preacher or otherwise, to tell me things are going to be. I'm not going to hang on every word that somebody has a say about, what, about what's going to happen, might happen, should happen, would happen. I have the Bible. Amen. Amen. I'll let you take care of that. I'm going <laughs> to. Thank God for his word. Man, if we didn't have his promises, we wouldn't know what to think. And we'd have to pay somebody to tell us what's going to happen, what's going to go on in the world. Listen, I'm going to live my life and run my race and finish my course with joy. And in the process, he's my provider, he's my healer, he's my savior, he's my forgiver, he's my victory, he's my everything. No, you can add your prophecy to that if you want to, but I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to give you some reasons that God likes faith. Number one, God likes faith because he likes to give. And it takes faith for us to receive. Isn't that interesting? It's not really about him. It's all about us. But in order for us to receive, we have to receive by faith. And God likes giving so much that he loves faith because faith is going to allow him to bless you. Jesus said over and over and over again, I, I won't read all of the scriptures, but it's, it's so evident. John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I'll do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. John 15, 16, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. John 16, 23. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Over and over and over again, if two of you on earth agree is touching anything that they'll ask, it'll be done. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. You will have it. He's trying to tell us something. What? Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. If I was God, I wouldn't have made these blanket statements. My resources are limited. (laughs) I would be careful who I go around saying, anything you want, I'll give it to you. (laughs) Except, wait a minute. (laughs) You know, I take my kids into the dollar store where everything's a dollar. (laughs) Get whatever you want. Daddy will pay for it. Oh, you want to, get to. That's fine. (laughs) But there's a limit. With God, there's no limit. 
God's not trying to, 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 to ration things out. He's telling us, you want it? Just ask me. I'll give it to you. I'll, I trust you. I trust your desires. You're not going to rip me off. You're not going to ask for things you ought not have. You have the same spirit in you that he has in him. Your desires are like his desires. He said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You're going to want what I want, and I want what you want. So just ask me, and I'll give it to you. But when you do this, you've got to do it by faith. So God wants to give things to us, but we've got to ask in faith. And, and if you think about it, because I've done a lot of, of meditating on this, and it makes more and more sense the more you, the more you see it. But if you, if you think about faith just in these terms, just the fact that God wants to give us things, and he wants us to ask in faith, if you were to uh, ha have a person and say, you know what, w would you, uh, let's say, Dave here, I, I ask him for a mint. And if I say, hey, could I get a, could, could you get me a mint? And he goes, sure, I'll get it. And then I walk away and go, he's not going to get me a mint. I'll never see that mint. I wish I could have a mint. <laughs> well, what kind of an insult is that to Dave? He probably wouldn't get it, but God would. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like we, 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 we pray, you, you, you take it halfway. Oh, we're good about praying, and then we just go, that ain't going to work. I don't believe that. God's not going to. And God's going, what did I do? You didn't even give me a chance. Here I am. I'm here. <laughs> I went to one church one time, and the pastor's good man. Good. I love the pastor. But I, I was traveling in a motorhome with my family, and so I pray in the church. We had meetings every night. So I go pray in the church. And, and uh, I pray in spirit for a long, you know, hour, hour and a half, two hours. And he, he wanted to come in and pray with me. So, so we were walking and praying. I like to turn the music on and pray. And there we are praying. And, and, and I couldn't help but overhear him. He would pray this way. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then you start over. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I kept waiting for, you know, for God to say something. I mean, what, I mean, he, it's his church. I don't know. What is he? That's all he ever did. The whole time, that's all he did. And I thought, you know, if I was God, what do you do with a prayer like that? What do you do? You go, what? Yes, you called. Okay, we've established that. There's nothing, there's nothing to get a hold of. There's nothing to, and in his defense, I mean, he's just trying to pray till he feels something. Well, that's not faith. You don't work with God that way. Sometimes you feel something, but that's not why you believe God. You believe God because of his word, not because of what you feel. Let me ask you this. If you went around and said something that you shouldn't say, would you think God heard you? <laughs> oh, yeah, he hears that, but he hears it all. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows you far off. He knows everything about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Did you ever think about that? Why would God, why would Jesus tell us that God knows how many hairs are on your head? Why would he even say that? That's just like, What? You know why he said that? Because you don't know how many hairs are on your head. 
What does he mean? God knows more about you than you know about you. And when you dare to utter a prayer of faith to God, he is all over it. He hears. He's moving. And if you walk away and you begin to doubt in the least, it stops the whole process. He loves faith because it allows him to bless you. And that's a good thing. Number two, do you want some more of these or shall we close? Number two, God likes faith because he's actually a faith God. He's not asking us to do something he doesn't do. The Bible says the worlds were formed by the word of God. By faith, the worlds were created by the word of God. By faith, God created the universe by faith. He said, let there be light. Did you read that? In Genesis 1, he, he said, let there be light. Now, now you, if you compare that to us today, I mean, if, if, if so let's say he's not walking by faith. He's just walking the way a lot of us walk. He would have said, it sure is dark out here. <laughs> I mean, it is really dark. We need light. Boy, do we need light. I don't see any light anywhere. As far as I can see, I don't see any light. As soon as I see some light, I'll let you know. But it is dark right now. I'm telling you, it's dark. He didn't do that. He said, in the midst of the darkness, don't think that you can't do this. Don't think that nobody understands. God said, let there be light. And light was. Fast forward. He told Abraham, think about this. This took faith on God's part. He told Abraham, an old man with no kids. He said, you're the father of multitude. I'm going to, you're the father of many nations. I'm changing your name to father of many nations. He calleth those things that be not as though they were. So if God can say, let there be light in the midst of darkness. If God can call an old man with no kids and no ability to have kids, father of a multitude, you can call yourself blessed. You can call your prayer answered. You can call yourself prosperous. You can call yourself forgiven and righteous and everything else God called you. You can do that too. And you must do it because that's faith. God's a faith God and we're faith people. One of the things about faith that's so important is it gets us in the game. God does not want to perform for us and us just to sit there and watch it happen. He wants us involved. He wants us, and the way we get involved, I can't help it. Well, you're just a faith preacher. I cannot help it. The way we get involved is by faith. Even if I wasn't a faith preacher, I'd have to admit that the way we get involved in life and the process of walking with God is purely by faith. And when we don't take the faith step, we're drawn back. We're, we're missing out. We're not enjoying some of, the, some of the things that the Lord wants us to enjoy in life. And life gives you plenty of opportunities to walk by faith, doesn't it? And they're always coming. You don't have to look for them. They'll come to you. They will come to your house. They'll come to your family. They come to you. But when they do come, we should be ready. You know, you wouldn't do this to your child. You wouldn't take a, a six-month-old and say, look, you're, this world is a big, bad place, and I don't want you to ever get hurt. So I'm going to let you stay in this crib for the rest of your life. You need food? I'll get it for you. You, you need clothes? I'll get it for you. Now, you're going to grow and get bigger, but you're not going to leave this room because you might get hurt. 
And so I'm going to do everything for you. In fact, I don't want you to try to walk because you might fall down. So you just sit there. I'll walk for you. You need something. I'll go get it. You stay right there. What would you do to that poor child? You'd cripple them for life. What do you do with a child? Get up. Come on. Daddy will catch you. Take that step. Go ahead. Go ahead. Daddy will catch you. God's the same way. Am I right? He was constantly saying, come on, you can do it. I'll, I'll catch you. I'll be there. You got to do this. You got to try. In fact, it's so pronounced that in, in, in I think it's Matthew 14, the, the disciples are out in the boat and the storm arose and Jesus left, you know, they left him behind. He take care of the crowd. Now he's walking on water. And they're like, ah, it's a ghost. He said, you guys are big fraidy cats. Just settle down. I'm not a ghost. It's me. And then Peter says, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? If it's you, tell me to come. Man, if it had been my mom, it would have gone something like this. Now, son, it is me. You're just not ready for this. If you get out of it, it's not going to end well. You're ready to do a lot of things. Walking on water is just not one of them yet. Just, just hanging there. Maybe you'll get there someday, but, but I'll be there in just a second. Just wait. Is that what Jesus said? No. Absolutely not. He's so interested in somebody, anybody, everybody believing something that when there was a flicker of faith, he'd go, yeah, 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 yeah. Do it. Do it, boy. Do it. I'll catch you. You do it. You come in. I know it's going to end bad. I know they're going to laugh at you. I know it's going to be written forever and ever, but you get out of that boat, man. You come on. You go as far as you can. Isn't that great? It's all about faith. And then Peter, bless his heart. He got out of the boat. I can't believe it. I have to say, if it had been me, I'd have probably said, man, that Peter is crazy. I don't need to walk on water to prove how much I love Jesus. I can do it right here in the boat. I love the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Peter gets out and he's actually walking on water. And the Bible says when he saw the wind and the waves, he realized something very important. You can't walk on water when it's windy. It has to be calm or it won't work. So he figured all that out on his own. He didn't pray about it. He figured that out. You can't do this when it's, it's too windy. He goes down. He cries out and the Lord reaches and saves him. But the response that Jesus had is what gets me. It's just, it, it blows you away. He goes, oh, you've little faith. Why did you doubt? Isn't that powerful? You know, Jesus loves us. He did everything for us. He, he, he loves us no matter what. But when it comes to faith, he's always saying, you can do more. You can go further. You can take a bigger step. He never lets people off the hook. He never says, ah, that's pretty good for a beginner. <laughs> that's what I would have said. I mean, hey, look at these other chickens. They never even got in. Look at you, boy. You, you, were, you walked. Not Jesus. He said, you know, you didn't have to doubt. Isn't that powerful? You didn't have to doubt. Why did you doubt? I'm here. What is that? That's faith. God's a faith God. 
And God wants faith. He wants us to respond in faith as well. I like that. I'm going to put this. I'm I'm writing a book right now, God Likes Faith. And I'm going to put this on the front of the book. And so the more you understand it, the more you'll like it too. Because it's such a key in, in interacting with God and receiving from God. And it's something you can do. Number three, God likes faith because it's fair. Faith makes the kingdom fair. And, and, and you may not understand this to begin with, but it's so true. There is no more equal access in the kingdom of God than any, in any kingdom in the world. Anybody can believe God and receive from God. Anybody can believe God and be saved. He is not uh, unaccessible. Faith makes God accessible to every person. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save those who what? Believe. It was important to God that he be reached by everyone, that anyone and everyone could find him and know him. And so he determined that it wouldn't be wisdom. In the wisdom of God, he determined that the world through wisdom would not know God. That's a tongue twister. God decided that wisdom would not be the way to God. That's not the road to God. Why? (laughs) Because the rest of us stupid people would do without. Only the wise could know God. He decided you could put all kinds of things in that blank. He decided money was not the way to God. Why? And those without money wouldn't get to know God. He decided education would not be the way to God or age or any other divider. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. You know why? Because we can all do that. You can believe whatever you want to believe, and, and everybody has the same capacity to, to believe. He didn't, so it eliminates politics from the kingdom of God. If two people come into this service and they're both unsaved, and one of them gets saved and the other doesn't, I can tell you exactly why. So, well, God loved one more than the other. No, no, that's not how the kingdom works. Well, one of them needed it worse. Nope, that's not how the kingdom works. Well, one of them suffered more than the other one, and that's why they got it. No, that's not how it works. Well, you know what? God just draws names in that person. That was their day. That was their night. No, it's much more simple than that. One of them believed, and the other one didn't. Period. No politics, no favoritism, no favorites. Everybody's a first-generation child of God, if you want to be. And everybody got in the same way. We all chose to believe on Jesus. Isn't that great? No wonder God likes faith. It makes it fair. God likes faith, number four. Are you writing this down? Or is it? All right, number four. God likes faith because he wants to give us things we could never earn. He, he wants to give us things that we could never earn. And I want you to go to Romans 4. You, you, touch on, you can touch on a lot of big things, a lot of big, you know, teachings, but we'll just, we're going to just mention them and go on. But Romans chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, 
not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And the first phrase is what I want to talk about. It is a faith that it might be by grace. This is how the kingdom works. So that the promise, blessings of Abraham, might be to everyone, not just Abraham and his natural descendants. So God said this thing has gone beyond Abraham and his descendants. And here's how. It is of faith that it might be by grace. What happened is God provided all of the blessings of heaven by his grace. They're available to everyone. There's no limit. God doesn't, he's not dealing with uh, limited resources. So he's not trying to spread around his blessings. Take some from you, give to some. He's not a communist. That's a good title. God is not a communist. He's not trying to spread it around evenly. Why? Because he's got more than he could ever give to everybody. There's just no limit to what he could give. Grace made that possible. Grace makes all the blessings of God available to every person in the world. Isn't that neat? In fact, the gospel is for every creature. There's nowhere you go and say, Lord, are you going to do it for these people? Surely not, you're not going to offer our salvation, our baptism of the Holy Spirit that we've... You're not... Can they have that too? You never have to ask that question. It's for everybody. Jesus purchased it for every person. It is of faith that it might be by grace. So grace made it available. Well, how do we decide who gets what? If you were an angel distributing the blessings of God, how do you know who gets what? I think I want to give you a little bit of salvation and a little anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's all. That's all you get. No. How do you decide who gets what? Each person in the world gets as much of this grace as they believe for. They get what they believe for. I've had people say, and I don't believe in, in the tongues business. And I always tell them the same thing. You'll never have to worry about it. Why not? You'll never get it thinking that way. You don't get it if you don't believe for it. Isn't that interesting? God wants to give us more than we could ever earn, more than we could ever deserve, more than we could ever pay for, and he did it by grace. But grace alone would be an interesting dilemma because everything would belong to everybody. And you may not believe this, but there are people that don't want God in their life. They don't want the blessings of grace. They don't want to interact with a holy God. And they have that right. God's not going to override their will. So grace makes it available. But faith makes it yours. So, so uh, you know, as a Methodist, I didn't know anything. You know, the, the Baptists were the ones fighting over doctrine. We were nice. We didn't fight. We didn't know anything. What, what we didn't, we knew the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are the peacekeepers. And, you know, we knew the Beatitudes. But other than that, we knew at 1130 we're going to be at the restaurant before the Baptists. Because they're fighting over doctrine and we just get in there and get it over with. 
but what I'm saying is we didn't know anything and we didn't have any, we, nobody told us this isn't for today or tongues is of the devil or God's not healing anymore. I didn't hear any of that. So when I heard the full gospel, I just said, okay, okay. And that, that helped me. I understand and realize that some people didn't come from a background like that. And, and you need to realize that you're going to get as much grace as you believe for. And if you have the idea, if, you, if you're one of those white knucklers that held on to your unsaved condition as long as you could stand it, and finally you released and you went forward and you gave your life to Jesus, good for you. But don't leave with the attitude, well, now that I'm God's, I guess if there's anything else up there, he'll just give it to you. No, he won't. No, he doesn't do it that way. You believe for salvation, and you need to believe for other things. It doesn't stop there. He wants to give us things that we could never earn, and he can do it by faith. Like the leper said, if you want, you can make us whole. And he said, I, I want to. I will. And, 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 in, and he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith. According to you. Actually, it was another story where he said, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. He said, according to your faith. Do you know it's still according to your faith? Did you know that the children of Israel didn't go into the promised land because of unbelief? Hebrews 3.19. They entered not in because of unbelief. If unbelief could keep them out of God's best, unbelief can keep us out of God's best. So this is what I learned as I was studying these things afresh and anew during the pandemic was that, you know what, we may not be engaged like we think we are. We may, may not be hitting on all cylinders. We may, may need to put some areas of our lives in gear when it comes to faith and start actively believing God for some things that we just thought we had covered. I believe God for my protection aggressively, proactively. I'm going to live and do the works of God. I'm going to finish my course with joy. I have a right to be here on this planet. And they can have pandemics and they can have executions and they can have terrorists fly off the handle. I'm working for God. I'm not leaving till I'm finished. How many of you believe that we can actually believe that? And if you'll start thinking that way, it affects you in every area of life. I'm not afraid every time I get on an airplane. You know, this could be the day. I'm not afraid every time I hear a siren. I'm not afraid every time the news reports some other tragedy. You know, we ought to be used to this by now. It started out with the nuclear bomb drill. Did you have to go through that? As a child, like a seven-year-old, get under your desk. The whole world could blow up. And you're like, what? What is this? And they're like, yeah, don't you understand? Russia's got nuclear warheads pointed at us. And I'm going, how many? Well, a lot. And they could just push a button at any moment, and we could all blow up. And then we would push a button, and then we would send them, and the whole world goes up in smoke. Now get under your desk. And we're like, ah! <laughs> that's serious. I mean, that's big, a nuclear blast. Try to sleep when you're thinking about that scenario. I did. I couldn't. I called my dad. I said, Dad. I can't sleep. He said, what's the matter, son? I said, I'm glad you asked. Russia has all these nuclear warheads pointed at us, and at any moment somebody could push a button, and we would all go up and smoke, and I'm scared I can't sleep. And he was a good dad, but he wasn't prepared for this question. 
<laughs> he tried to comfort me, but he said, son, we all got to die sometime. <laughs> it's not what I was hoping for. <laughs> not, not helping. <laughs> and then we go from that to the ozone hole, to the, you know, to, to the meteorites from outer space and global warming. And now it's climate change because it's not always warm. So they had to, they had to shift it back and say, oh, no, climate change is going to get you. Well, is it going to freeze us or is it going to burn us up? Whichever one scares you the most. That's what. So that's what happens is you get all these things going and it's like, finally, I got so tired of it. I thought it can't all happen. They can't all happen. So I just decided I'm going to believe God. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to finish my course. Paul said, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. But to stay with you is more needful. So I'm going to stay. It's like he had a choice. Three shipwrecks. He got stoned. Then he got bitten by a deadly snake. And you know what happened? Poor Paul. You know what happened when Paul got bitten by a deadly snake? The snake died. (laughs) Why? Because he believed in divine protection. He believed God. You need to believe God. Don't take this stuff sitting down. Don't let them pull you like a puppet string. Don't allow them to deal and and play with your emotions. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed in heaven. God's plan, God's purpose for you and your life has not changed. We can believe God today just like we could any time. We don't have to give in to the pressures of the world and the pressures of of the media that is really trying to paralyze us with fear. I'm just not going to buy into it. How about you? I believe if I get on a plane, it's going to land safely. I didn't say we go where it's supposed to go. It's another issue. And I didn't say there wouldn't be any turbulence. That's unrealistic, but it's going to land. We're going to land or I'm not getting on it. God has a thousand ways to keep me off that plane. And I'm just going to believe that. So I can sleep or relax. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid I'm going to go into a building and an earthquake's going to come and it's going to kill me. I'm not afraid. Say, why not? I believe God can protect me from that. Say, well, I just don't believe that. Well, that's fine. You be scared. Well, what happens if you get on a plane and it crashes? I'll die happy. I still win. You see what I mean? There's no downside to believe in God. There's no downside to believe in God. But when you don't believe God, it's a bad day every day. Every day is a bad day. This could happen. That could happen. They said this was going to happen. What if that happens? Oh, that's terrible. Not as bad as this. Get off the Internet. It'll scare you to death. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's early. I'm giddy. It's just too early. We got to finish this. Number five, God likes faith. Because everybody can do it. Everybody can believe. Don't sit there and think, yep, you're right. God likes faith. I just don't have any. No, you do. I'm not good at it. Yes, you are. You are a believer. Two scriptures, Romans 12, 3. He's given every man the measure of faith. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you put those two together, it simply means that any person on earth is capable of believing anything that God says. No excuses. Jesus didn't give anybody any excuses. 
when it came to faith. Even the resurrection, which was preposterous. The two ladies saw him alive. They went back and told the disciples, he's alive. And they're like, right. I know you want to believe that. I know it's been hard for you. You've got to face reality. He's dead. I saw him. They buried him. I mean, come on. No, we saw him. What did Jesus say? He upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. He said, you could have believed that, but you didn't. Let's not be that, that group. It's time to believe God. This is our turn. It may not be a resurrection. We may not be walking on water literally, but we're facing things. It's time for us to believe God. And we can do it just as good as any other generation. We're not inferior in any way. We have the same spirit, the same new birth, the same DNA, the same power in us, the same ability to believe God as any generation. We ought to be better at it. We've got more information. Amen. The poor woman with the issue of blood, she never sat through a faith sermon. She didn't have a diploma from a faith college. I got a diploma. <laughs> and I ought to be good at this. I'm going to give you a test. You didn't think I was going to give you a test. I'm going to give you a faith test. And we're going to see where you fit. We're going to grade you. You may have to stay after. But let me just show you how easy it is to do what I'm saying, to do what God expects. How many of you believe there is a God? You know not everybody believes that. The Bible says he who comes to God must believe that he is. Did you know it doesn't matter where you were born or where you were raised or what you have learned in your life, you can believe there's a God or you cannot. It's a choice. The great thing about faith is this. If you believe there's a God, and how many of you do believe there's a God? What if I had an expert come in? How, how about if I had a panel of experts come in here and give you a hundred reasons why you should not believe there's a God? Would it even affect you at all? Would you leave going, wow, maybe they're right? No. You know why? Because faith has nothing to do with logic. It's a, it's a, it's a decision, an attitude, it's a force of the spirit, and you believe, you took that leap that anyone can take. It wouldn't be fair if God said, he who comes to God must believe that he is. And not everybody can do that. Only crazy charismatics can really do that. The rest of you are out of luck. No, everybody can do it. The people who haven't done it have chosen not to do it. You chose to do it. You believe there's a God. How many of you believe he had a son and his name was Jesus? Amen. And he came to this planet over 2,000 years ago. Were you there? Were you there at the, at the manger scene? Did you see the shepherds come and give him gifts? Did you see the star? No, but you probably believe there was a star, don't you? And do you know anybody who was there? No, no. <laughs> but you believe it. And if I told you, chances are it never happened. You wouldn't believe that for one second, would you? And you probably believe that Jesus grew up and died on a cross for your sins. And that what he did 2,000 years ago, by the way, you weren't there either, were you? Don't know anybody that was. Do you have a splinter of the old rugged cross? Do you? No. No evidence, but you believe that. And you believe that when you accepted Jesus, he forgave you of all your sins. You believe that? And you don't even see that. And you believe your name is written in the book of life. Don't you believe that? Yeah. Have you ever seen that book? Did you see God write your name in that book? And yet you think your name's in that book yeah. that you've never seen. Yeah. Sure you do. Yeah, right. 
Now, let's look ahead. You probably believe there's a place called heaven, don't yeah. you? You believe yeah. that? You ever been there? Yeah. Do you know how to get there? If I gave you a spaceship full of fuel, could you fly <laughs> to heaven? No, you couldn't. But you believe yeah. that you're, let me guess, going to go there. Yeah. Right. When your body dies, something invisible is going to go to a place that you've never been. You don't know how to get there, and you believe that's where you're going. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine telling a psychiatrist who has no faith at all? Hmm. You'd get a lot of those. Hmm. Let me go out on a limb here and guess that you probably believe in this place called heaven and you don't know where it is and you don't know how to get there and you think you're going to go there after you die, which there is no proof that anybody goes anywhere. You probably believe you have a house over there, right? A house. <laughs> Let me guess. Is it nice? Yeah. yeah, right. Sure it is. Mansion probably, yeah? Of course. And you probably believe it's sitting on a street Right. Do you understand how crazy that sounds? And you believe that and you don't even wince. There's no sense of shame in your eyes when you say that boldly. You believe it like it's so. You don't have a problem at all believing that. There's only one word for you. You know what the word is? believers. This is what you do. This is who you are. This is what you're best at. The point of this sermon is this. Don't leave your faith in the past. There's a God. He had a son. He died on a cross. And don't just leave it in the future. I'm going to a place called heaven with streets of gold and mansions. Believe some things. You can do this. Believe you're healed. Believe you're blessed. Believe you're prosperous. Believe you're protected. Believe some more promises in the word of God and actively and aggressively believe them like you believe these other things and you'll find that your journey to that place called heaven will be a whole lot more enjoyable. Amen. There is no life like the life of faith. There's nothing like it in the world. I'm glad we have that option. Don't forfeit that option. Use it. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Well, I told them, you know, they said if they didn't get enough in the first service, they could come back for the second service. I said, on the other hand, if I do a really good job in the first service, I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> I think I'm going home. I, I, I don't think I could have said that any, any, any different. This was fun. Did you like this? Yeah. Wow, I like this. I know I'm preaching to the choir and you get plenty of, but you know you can't get too much. Really, with the things we're facing now, people need to double down on faith. We're facing so much outward uh, pressure and the media wants to paralyze you in fear. And I'm just too stubborn for that. You know, you only get one life and most of yours is half over, I can tell. I mean, unless you're going to live to 115, that's fine, that's fine. 150, 170. But you know what? We didn't ask to be born and live in 2021. Here we are. I'm going to make the best of it. 
I'm going to live and enjoy my life and do what I'm called to do. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to have fun. They can be all messed up and intense and offended all they want. I'm going to enjoy myself. Because God's on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. The Bible's true. And I'm going to heaven. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you so much for the word of God and the freedom to speak and teach the word of God in this place. I knew it would be like this. I'm so grateful to be here. I pray that the words that I've spoken today would bless people and help them and encourage them, give them something to chew on in the week to come. We'll be salt and light like never before. Thank you, Father, that we serve you with all of our hearts. and We're here to run the race, finish our course with joy, and we give you praise for it. Amen. Can I tell you, uh, would you sit down for just a second? I forgot I had this stuff up here. This is a series called Understanding Faith, and this really is probably the, it's what faith is. It's a standalone series that will also show you how faith comes and how to release your faith. And uh, it's the central message on faith that I produced over the last year, and it'll really help you. I tried to get it into four messages, but it ended up being five. And uh, these are back there in CD form. Does anybody have a CD player that they would like to listen to this? Wow, don't, now don't everybody raise your hand at once. <laughs> you, you have a CD player? Fine. Then, now, I have that also in USB, and if you don't know what a USB is, get the CD. <laughs> I'm, I'm making fun of myself, too. Listen, we've been making these, and I didn't know for a long time that you can take a USB with that series on it, plug it into your car, I thought that was just to charge your phone. <laughs> you can plug that into your car and it plays audio. But the best value is this. We've got two of these. I call them bundles. This is called You Have the Spirit of Faith. And this is from my program. There's 20 of my programs on here called You Have the Spirit of Faith. There's another 15 called uh, The Spirit of Faith. And they're 30-minute sessions, 35 of them. It cost me $10,000 to produce this. And you can get it for $30. But what's neat about this, we also put the notes, the outline on here. It is a USB, but it has audio files and video files. So if you plug it into your TV, you can watch the videos. You plug it into your car, you listen to the audio. But we, it took a lot of work to get all these together. But, man, that's a good value, $10,000 worth of product for 30 bucks. Do you want this? And I'm going to charge it. You want this? They both want it. I'm going to sell it to you for $500. That is a bargain. That is, I mean, you won't find a better price on that material anywhere. Um, then I have a, a series called, um, where, where is that? Uh, God Likes Faith. No, uh, there's not one back there. I must have. This one. This one is what we talked about today. God likes faith. If you want more of that, I'm just going to give it to you. And here it is. You take, go back there and get this download card. You can download the $16 set for absolutely free. How's that sound? So all you do, you just fill out one of these cards with your information, hand it to the people at the table, and they'll give you this, and you can go listen to all this teaching for free. And I'd be happy for you to have it. Andrew Womack has ruined my product profits. <laughs> He's ruined it. We're in the red right now. And, uh, you know, and he, he said one thing that finally clicked, because I've been hearing for years, every time I put up a table, hmm, you charge for your stuff? And I go, yeah. Well, Andrew gives his stuff away. <laughs> and my reply is, well, I'm not Andrew. 
you're going to buy my stuff. So, but he, he was telling me this about his website. He said, we started putting stuff on our website. My staff came and said, surely you don't want to give that away. And he said, well, let me ask you something. Is there any mailing? you have to mail anything? Is there any material in the product? Is this just all uploaded and down? And they said, yeah. He said, of course I want to give that away. And I thought, wow, I can do that. So we've got tons of stuff on our website that's free, video and audio. But this one is for purchase unless you have the download card. But you'll really like this uh, God Likes Faith series. It'll give you a lot to chew on. And uh, you need to be feeding on faith. Feed on the Word. And feed on things. It doesn't have to be about faith, but feed on things that, that increase and feed your faith. And that'll, that'll make it a lot easier to deal with some of the things that we deal with in this day and time. Lord, good morning. Um, so I actually asked the Holy Spirit this morning, uh, when are you going to give me a word to share with the, with the body? And he gave me one this morning. And I pray it's a really great word of encouragement. So I was meditating on uh, 1 Timothy 6.12. Paul says to fight the good fight of faith. And... Um, Literally just now, the Holy Spirit just really dropped it all in place to me and said, notice he said to fight the good fight of faith, not fight against the devil. We're not fighting the devil because he's already defeated. And like we heard this morning, it's about the faith. Okay. And so, you know, one of the images he gave me this morning when I was meditating on this is about boxing. I used to be a really big boxing fan. And you can have the pound for pound champ undefeated getting ready to fight an inferior fighter fighting his first professional fight has no chance of winning. But if the champion still doesn't get into the ring and fight, the champion loses by default. And I just hear God speaking to people right now who are in a battle saying that you just need to get into the ring. Because if you get into the ring, he's already defeated. And if you stand and resist and fight, he has to flee. Amen. I mean, so make sure you get into the fight and stay in the fight, and he is the one who leaves, not you. Amen. The Lord's saying it's time to step out of the boat. Well, pastor, it's uncomfortable. There's no more comfortable place for a believer than trusting God. You know what's uncomfortable? Sticking with the same old, same old situation, circumstances, when will you step out? The Lord's saying, step out, find out. Because there's a great reward for trusting me. It's a great prize. Get in the ring.